listening to the Michael Anthony Bible Teaching Podcast. You can enjoy more messages like this and more with the free Courage Matters app, available in your app store. To invite Michael to speak to your group, visit CourageMatters.com and click on the Your Story tab. Hold on to your seat and open your heart as Mike teaches us from God's Word. The greatest need in the church today, the body of Christ, is for authenticity and transparency. That is the greatest need in the body of Christ today. In fact, it's the greatest need in the world. The world needs to see authenticity, transparency in the body of Christ because it's authenticity and transparency that opens up the door for the movement of Jesus. And a church where Jesus is not moving is an oxymoron. We need Jesus Christ to be moving in our churches, don't we? I asked the question there, I want you to participate. We need Jesus Christ to be moving in our churches, don't we? So we need authenticity and transparency. We need environments where God can move. And so in a church, it's not the most important thing that there's a sermon, and you know that I like to preach. In a church, it's not the most important thing that we have an elaborate worship music set. It's not important that we have a multiplicity of programs in a church. What matters is that whatever is happening in that church, Jesus Christ is moving, that he's welcome to move, and that his people are moving with him. That's what it's about, and that's what today is about. That's what every day here at this church is about, and this is what every day should be about in your church if you're listening on the radio or by podcast. Six years ago, I was bitten by a bug in the Solomon Islands, and I had to leave my trip prematurely and go back to Queensland, Australia. And then I was going to come back to the United States and see my doctor. We don't know what kind of a bug it was, but it had done something to me where my arm began to swell up. And when I got to Queensland, Australia with the family that I was staying with, the lady there was a nurse and she said, you have to go to the hospital. I said, get out of here. I'm not going to the hospital. So she said, you have to go to the hospital. Next thing I know, they take me to Holy Spirit Hospital in Queensland, Australia. So I'm in Holy Spirit Hospital, I kid you not, in Queensland, the doctor comes into the emergency room, takes one look at my arm and says, yep, we're going to have to operate. I said, get out of here. He said, no, I'm serious. I said, well, I'm flying back to the United States tomorrow morning. I'll just fly back tomorrow morning and they can take care of it there. He said, no, no chance. You get on that plane, 16-hour plane ride from Queensland back to the United States, 16 hours. He said, you get on that plane, you're going to go into anaphylactic shock in about 13 hours. I said, well, what does that mean? He said, you go into anaphylactic shock on that plane, they will not be able to resuscitate you, you're going to die. I said, get out of here. (laughs) Next thing I know, they're slicing open my arm, and sure enough, there was a golf ball-sized infection underneath the surface. It was much worse under the surface than it had looked on the outside. They cleaned that thing up, stitched it up, and then the next day I got on the plane. You know, speaking of the Holy Spirit, every church should be a Holy Spirit hospital. Every church should be a Holy Spirit hospital where sick, hurting people can come and experience Jesus Christ as the great physician. Can I get an amen for that? Every church, every church needs to be a Holy Spirit hospital, an authentic, real, transparent place where sinners just like me, sinners just like you, people who need healing and wholeness, where there's a lot more going on underneath the surface 
than might appear to be by what the rest of us might be able to see, where what's underneath the surface can really be cleansed out, that it can really be removed so that the Lord, the great physician, can do what he does best, set you back on course, maybe get you on course for the first time in all of your life, bring healing and wholeness. And I suspect that in a church this size, there are a lot of people who have a lot more going on under the surface, and they just wish they could be transparent and honest to get the monkey off their back, to have God do a mighty work that's underneath the surface, that deep work that only Jesus can do. Remember, he's the great physician, and he can bring healing and wholeness. And this church, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is a church where you can be real, where we can be real, where we can be honest, and we can allow God to move. Now, in light of that, I have a few scriptures that I want to read, and then we're going to get to this business of allowing the Holy Spirit to move and glorify his name so that the great physician can do what he does best and bring healing and wholeness. James chapter 5, verse 9. James chapter 5, verse 9 says... Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Remember that verse, the next time somebody tells you Jesus didn't judge. He does. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 beginning in verse 1, says this, For I want you to know, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Talking about the Red Sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud, in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things took place as examples for us. Don't make the mistake of thinking the Bible is a book of exceptions. It's first and foremost a book of examples. Now, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Do you know we're living in the end of the ages? Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20 and 21, we read this. The Apostle Paul says, For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps... There may be, he's speaking to the church, quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. 
I fear. Paul had a godly concern. Every pastor, every elder, every deacon, every Christian should have a godly concern. But Paul's fear specifically was that when I come again, my God may humble me before you. In other words, might have to deal with these things. And I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. James chapter 5 beginning in verse 13, says this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Have you ever stopped to consider that your suffering and your illness and your difficulty and hardship might be because of sin? James writing to Christians, encouraging them, sometimes God disciplines us, gets our attention, by allowing difficulty to come and hardship and sometimes physical sickness for no other reason than to get our attention as a byproduct of not really candidly dealing with sin. And so with that in mind, I'm going to ask my friend to come up to the platform. You know who you are. If you would make your way up to the platform, come on up here and join me. Today, I come before you to confess two grievous sins. I am a gossip and a grumbler. I have caused serious damage to the reputation of some of the finest people I know. Specifically, I gossiped here among and against the people of Grace Fellowship. I sinned against God. I sinned against the leadership of this church, and I sinned against the body of Christ, against you. I did so without thinking. However, though I did that, it does not excuse my sins. I am responsible for my actions. And I want to confess and repent before God and you. I know you can't take back words already spoken. The damage is already done. But I also realized that what I said and did could have led you to sin too. My actions and words could have led you into reach, reaching false conclusions about people, developing a critical spirit toward others, being suspicious and sinning as a result of my sin. My sins of gossip and grumbling could have affected your heart and mind and even led you to follow my sinful example. By likewise thinking wrongly about others grumbling, gossiping, or slandering against people, I gave the devil a foothold by my sin, and I want to take that foothold back in the name of Jesus. I am sorry for what I have done, and I apologize to those I have hurt and the sin I have spread. I am here to repent of my sins of gossip and grumbling 
and to ask you to help me never to gossip or grumble again. If my sin has led you to sin, I want you to to encourage, I want to encourage you to confess it and to repent of it too. Will you please forgive me? I also want to ask for your help. If you suspect I am about to gossip or grumble, if you hear me gossiping or grumbling, would you please bring it to my attention so I can honor Christ? Thank you. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse five says this. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he's caused it not to me, but in some measure not to put it too severely to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed with excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his designs. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I forgive you. We all forgive him, everybody. All right. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You grab a seat. Thank you for being humble and courageous enough to do that. It takes a man of God to do that. There are two microphones up here up front, and we're just going to take some time to continue to be transparent and honest before the Lord, honest with each other. You'll know if God is speaking to you because it'll be irresistible. All right. This is not a time to come up to the microphone and to give a mini-sermon or to give a testimony of what's been happening in your life. It's specifically in accordance with James chapter 5. James chapter 5, as a reminder, anyone among you suffering, let him pray. Anyone cheerful, let him sing praise. Anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Elders are here to be able to do that. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. That's what this is all about. You've been listening to the Michael Anthony Bible Teaching Podcast. We'd love to hear how this message impacted you. To share your story, visit CourageMatters.com and click on the Your Story tab. If you enjoyed this message, you'll love Michael Anthony's Courage Matters Podcast, where he focuses on leadership, relationships, and world events. To learn more, visit CourageMatters.com. In the meantime, keep looking up. There's no place else worth looking.